Hey guys, welcome back to another video. Today I thought I would give my thoughts on the INFJ door slam topic. And so this is something you may have heard about if you've done much research into the INFJ personality or Myers-Briggs. So what is the INFJ door slam? Maybe a better way to approach this is to first describe really the, the breeding ground of where this issue comes from. So as an INFJ, I have begun to realize the past few years, ever since I kind of learned about this, about how differently I really do view relationships from many of the people around me. And after I learned this, it kind of really started to explain why I had had so many problems, so many issues with my relationships. That's not to say that I only had problems and issues. Of course, other relationships worked really well. Why did those relationships work so well? Meanwhile, other ones were so awkward and it just always feels like a fight to even maintain the relationship at all. So it seems like to me that INFJs kind of require a deep level of intimacy in a relationship, to even call it a relationship. By intimacy, I mean emotional intimacy, which is, you know, understanding, acceptance, trust, all these things that kind of form the basis of a relationship. INFJs seem to take those things a little more seriously than everybody else. Whereas a lot of other people, I think, can call people a friend easier. You know, they can call their acquaintances friends. Most INFJs that I know or have heard from seem to have very few friends. Is that because people don't like them? No, I think it's just that, generally speaking, INFJs have a different definition of what a friend even is. So generally speaking, I think most INFJs want these close, intimate relationships. That could be friendships, family relationships, romantic relationships especially. Basically, I think there's a high standard of idealism for a relationship and what that should look like. Of course, every person is going to have a slightly different version of what the relationship should be. But the thing about INFJs is they will generally have this idea of what a relationship looks like, and then they will strive towards that in their relationships. And introverted intuition, which is the dominant function of the INFJ, I think really comes into play with this. Introverted intuition is all about locking onto a plan, a goal, and sort of making a set of steps to kind of get to that goal. And I don't think relationships are much different. Um, I think a lot of us can come up with these goals of what these relationships should be or what we want them to be. Uh, introverted intuition is also a lot about what we want. So if we really want this, how can we get it? Okay, here is a plan in order to achieve that goal. And then I think we can really focus on that plan to get it. And you know, when you're dealing with something like something quite individualistic, like let's say you're learning a skill or art or anything like that, you know, something that you're in control of all yourself, we can really work quite well in that environment because we can basically just do it all by ourselves. So coming from that perspective of really sort of these goal-oriented, working to the things that we want, I think we can look at relationships the same way. However, relationships involve two people. So if you end up with somebody that has different goals or different ideas of what a relationship is or should be, you can kind of end up in this awkward situation of kind of like butting heads a little bit. So like I said, INFJs want trust, understanding, acceptance, this sort of deep level of 
emotional intimacy, somebody that they can really connect with on a deep level. They want to get past small talk. They want to have good intellectual conversations, things that stimulate their mind, but also deal with emotional vulnerability. And with INFJs having extroverted feeling as the secondary function, finding somebody that is able to open up about their feelings, I think, is quite important. If you have somebody that is completely emotionally closed off and isn't really giving any hint of their own emotional state, you've got this INFJ who is seeking social harmony, is trying to use their extroverted feeling to sort of read this other person's feelings. And if a person is sort of the type of person that hides their feelings or doesn't like to open up, I think that can make an INFJ a little uncomfortable because it's like, well, what is this person feeling? I, I want to make this person feel good. I want to help them. Um, I would like to create this mutual goal of relationship. But, you know, it's like you're having trouble locking on to what this person is even feeling. So I think the problem with this is that an INFJ can get quite confused when another person doesn't seem to want the same thing. So here's a person that says they want a relationship with me, but yet they don't seem to be doing the things that indicate they want a relationship, according to my definition. Maybe they're not opening up. Maybe they're super emotionally closed off. Like they don't seem like they trust me. Um, they don't really seem to even accept me, and they don't really seem to even want my acceptance. Maybe this is an extreme example. But of course, you can have sort of, this is probably on a spectrum, right? On one end, you have like this super close, open, deep connection with extreme trust, understanding. On the other side, you have like nothing. So, you know, you could be anywhere on this spectrum. And I think where it gets confusing for an INFJ is when a relationship lands somewhere on that spectrum, and then we kind of go into relationship building mode, where we're just expecting over time for that relationship to grow, 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 until it is this sort of ideal relationship. And I don't think that INFJs expect this right off the bat. I know for myself, I mean, it can take a long time to build a real relationship. Years. Years of like consistent behavior before I like fully trust a person. The thing about an INFJ too is they like progress. That's another introverted intuition trait. Introverted intuitives, INTJs, INFJs, both have that dominant introverted intuition. We like progress towards a goal. We, we like to find what we want and work towards it. Relationships are no different. We really like to see that progress moving towards that ideal relationship. So the problem starts when the progress stops at some point. Or let's say, you know, you have this family relationship. So, you know, by your definition, that should be a close relationship, right? But it seems like that person won't even progress at all. Like you, you can't even get them to move towards even a semblance of this ideal relationship. So you can end up in this situation where one person is completely happy in the relationship, and yet the INFJ is somewhat tormented because this relationship isn't progressing or it isn't as strong as they would like it to be. So I think every once in a while, obviously, INFJs will find people that kind of have these similar goals. I find there's a couple personalities that kind of work well with INFJs in this manner. And you know, the INFJ can actually build this really strong, meaningful relationship. 
So it's one thing if you can kind of choose your relationships, right? Like if it's a friendship or romantic relationship, you kind of have the choice to choose who you want. Like if somebody isn't, you know, meeting your needs or your expectations of a relationship, obviously you have the choice to go find a new person to be in a relationship with. I think one of the problems though for INFJs is family relationships because it it creates this expectation of closeness with no way to really end the relationship or move on and find a new relationship. It's not like you can replace your sister or your brother with a new sister or brother whenever you feel like it. So let's say there's some kind of underlying conflict in that relationship. That can almost become like, just almost like torture to an INFJ. You want to resolve the conflict. You want to move towards that social harmony. I mean, the extroverted feeling wants social harmony. So if there is some conflict with somebody and it kind of involves digging deep into an issue and discussing it and coming to some kind of understanding, but this person doesn't value that due to their personality. Like, let's say they, you know, they don't even want to talk about it. Like, it's not something that's even important to them. It can kind of create this underlying just stress and discomfort for me because I want to resolve it but this person won't allow me to or they're just not interested in it. So one thing I've noticed with people that might have let's say low emotional intelligence which I think is actually more people than you really realize. I think there's a lot of people walking around with like zero to low emotional intelligence and then let's say I come along and I want to resolve some conflict and there's some underlying emotional issues that I can see need to be dealt with here. A lot of times these people, it's almost like they can think maybe that I'm being like dramatic or, you know, I'm like creating problems where there's not, there's not really supposed to be a problem. And it can almost be quite annoying to them is what I've noticed. So me and my natural state of trying to resolve an issue almost becomes an insult to some of these other people. I suspect a lot of this might have to do with personality. Like, for example, if you take an ESTJ, an ESTJ has introverted feeling in their inferior function. I can't really pretend to know what it would be like to be an ESTJ, but an ESTJ, I think, with introverted feeling in their inferior function is going to create a person who's almost like, that's their blind spot, is their own feelings. And because they don't have extroverted feeling um, anywhere in their top four functions, they don't really care about social harmony and they're almost mistrusting of their own feelings. So if you get somebody like me coming along, asking them how they're feeling, trying to like draw the feelings out, I think that can be quite stressful for somebody like an ESTJ who has inferior introverted feeling. So I've talked about my separation on these videos a little bit. So I was actually married to an ESTJ and there were a lot of issues like this. In general, she was very protective of her feelings or not even protective. I think that a lot of times she just had a lot of trouble expressing any kind of feeling. Um, and because there was no extroverted feeling, there was no drive towards social harmony. There was no interest in my feelings either. You know, INFJs, we're not always the best with understanding our own feelings, but at the very least, we're very interested in other people's feelings. 
So when it comes to relationships, I think the thing about INFJs is because we are finishers, we have this dominant introverted intuition, we don't really like to give up on things. We like to finish stuff and see it through. So if there is a relationship, generally speaking, INFJs will try to see the potential in that relationship, like almost no matter what. So this is one of the most interesting things about the INFJ personality, it seems like to me, is that INFJs will invest a lot into a relationship. But not just that, they will invest into a relationship they see a potential with, even if that relationship is in like full-on breakdown mode. So Scott Morgan has this analogy that I heard in one of his videos, and it was, he was talking about relationships as a, like a cable. And so if you've ever seen a cable, they're kind of like braided cables, and a big thick cable is made up of lots of little tiny strands. So let's say a few of these strands break and now you've got this slightly frayed cable. An INFJ will want to repair those strands. They look at that and they go, okay, well, I've still got a complete cable here. It's still attached. I think I can fix that. And then as more and more strands break, you know, the relationship gets worse and worse. However, it seems like to me with INFJs, myself for sure, as long as there is like some sliver of hope in this relationship, I will, it just, my natural instinct is to pour more into it to try to repair that situation. And I think it's almost past the point of what other people would even do. Like other people would have left a long time ago. And yet here we are still investing because it's just uncomfortable. We want to repair that relationship. We want it to be whole. We want that social harmony. So I think this can go on for a long time. And the more obligation that surrounds that relationship, probably the longer it's gonna go on. Like if this person, if you're married to somebody and you're literally hanging on by a thread, you're really gonna try hard to repair that relationship. I think the real tragedy of all of this is that during this process, here is this INFJ in this deep state of stress, trying to repair this relationship. And it's almost like torture. And meanwhile, the other person might be totally fine. Like, I've seen that. I've seen relationships where one person is totally cool. They're, they're happy with every, how everything's going. And then you got this INFJ over here that is not happy and is trying, trying, trying to build this relationship. To be honest, that pretty much describes my marriage. And this went on for years and years. There was, as I got older, you know, we got married so young. And I think I was deeply insecure back then. I had all these ideals forced upon me from, you know, my upbringing, culture, religious ideas. I didn't even know who I was or what I thought. But then as I got older, you know, I started to find myself more. So this went on for quite some time, and right around the time where my daughter was born, so she's nine now, it sort of sent my wife into a very strange state. Um, I think that at its core, my opinion is that it was a loss of control for her. She was a very controlled person, very controlling person. Everything was under her control, right? Those of you that have had children, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say a baby is sort of like a bomb that goes off in your life. 
and you realize how little control you really have. You cannot control this little baby. You cannot make this baby sleep when you want it to sleep. You cannot make this baby eat if it doesn't want to. Like this little bean is doing what it wants. Of course, you are there to kind of guide this little bean on its path and instill some kind of sane values. But my wife had an extremely hard time with this to the point where she went into a pretty deep depression, a very strange depression. It was, she, she was already a fairly closed off person with regards to feelings, and things, but she just, she just completely closed off and went into this shell. And although it did improve, you know, as my daughter got older, it never really went away. It's like this deep underlying anxiety at lack of control. Although I know that didn't create the problem, I think it more just revealed the problem. I, as all this was happening, was trying to build that relationship back. And, you know, I was learning so much. I think along those lines, too, I started to have different values with regards to religious ideas. I didn't believe a lot of the, the old things that I believed, and she did, or at least pretended to believe. And this created a lot of stress as well. So there's lots of other issues that kind of went into this. But me, being the type of person that I am, I want that social harmony. I want to solve all these problems. So I was always working on it, always trying, always sort of breathing into her and trying to fix the issues. And I think that in that process of me just being myself, trying to fix it, it caused her to almost close off even more. And it's one thing I've noticed with INFJs as they try to fix relationships. This has happened multiple times in my life. You know, you've got somebody where the relationship sucks and you want to fix it. So you ask them about it. You know, you're like, hey, um, you know, you finally are just fed up and you're like, what, like, what's going on here? Can you please give me some insight into why you're behaving this way or, you know, why you don't appear to reciprocate in, in this way? Sometimes people will get so annoyed by even the beginnings of such a discussion that they'll just get upset and leave. So as I've said, just so just to recap, as an INFJ is in this relationship repairing mode, they are trying hard to fix this relationship. And as long as there is some semblance of hope that they can repair it, they keep trying. However, here is where the problem is created. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where everything has been tried and, and nothing is working and it's just history is repeating itself. And if that final thread of hope goes away, it's sort of like you're holding sand in your hands and you still have some sand and it's falling through your fingers and you're trying to stop it and it's just falling, falling. As long as you have some sand, you feel like, no, I can repair this. I can, I can close these gaps and retain this, this sand that I have in my hands. But as soon as that last grain of sand falls through your fingers and you are standing there and it is all gone, with this relationship, the last thread has broken. Something interesting happens with an INFJ. It's like 
snapping your fingers and the relationship is over. The last thread is gone and it's almost like all at once there's this decision that it's hopeless, this isn't working, and I'm moving in this direction now. So an INFJ can go from this state of investing everything they have into fixing this relationship. They can go from that to basically no hope in a very short time. And to the INFJ, it, it almost doesn't even seem like uh, a decision, I guess. It, it, like for myself, it's not like I decided to stop. It literally is this like involuntary realization that it's not working and it's never going to work. And it's, it doesn't feel like a decision. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. It almost feels like the other person made the decision for you. However, that's usually not how everybody else sees it. Everybody else tends to see this as this extremely impulsive, rushed, like crazy decision. Like all of a sudden somebody who's been married for 10 or 15 years, they just leave. And everybody's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And it seems sudden and impulsive. Meanwhile, for the INFJ, it literally could have been eight years in the making. They've been trying everything they could think of, giving everything they had, investing everything for eight years. And then one day, it's like a tank of gas in a car. One day, you know, you're running on empty, you can still drive the car. But one day the gas is gone and the car stops like that. You can't drive a car without gas. And that's about the closest analogy I can think of. It's like a car is driving just fine. It could be driving at freeway speeds, and then all of a sudden, it's not because it's out of gas. So that is the INFJ door slam in a nutshell. I personally don't feel like it's this super voluntary, decisive thing that a lot of people make it out to be. Like, I, I hear a lot of people almost bragging about it in groups like Facebook groups and stuff they're like well I door slammed that guy because he wasn't blah 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 and it's almost like they have this reason for it but I think a true INFJ door slam it's almost based on intuition it's just you realize one day that it's not working then it's not going to work and it's almost like you can't even convince yourself otherwise at that point it's not it's not even really a logical decision it's almost like this it's pure intuition it'd be like trying to convince yourself at that moment that this dog right here is actually a cat. It's, it's clearly a dog. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can say to make this dog into a cat. I don't know. Um, it doesn't feel like a decision, I guess. And a lot of times it feels like to me on these groups that people are hinting that it, they're just deciding they don't like somebody anymore and they're calling it a door slam. So another thing I think that people find a little confusing about the, the door slam is that because there's such a long buildup to the door slam actually happening, people can almost get used to the INFJs trying as almost like regular life. So let's say there's a problem in a relationship, there's some kind of conflict, and it's sort of like, it kind of grabs the INFJ's attention. Like they can't really focus on anything else until this is dealt with. So they're trying really hard working on this issue. Meanwhile, the other person almost just sees it as, oh, that's just them being them. 
And they, it's almost like they don't respect really what is going on inside that INFJ in order to even try. It is extremely stressful. I don't think that a lot of times they realize that this can't go on forever. Like this isn't just a relationship, you know, working. So I think of course, you know, healthy versus unhealthy INFJs come into play here. An unhealthy INFJ might have, you know, completely unrealistic ex expectations of a relationship and might end up door slamming a, you know, a complete like innocent victim who basically has no chance to achieve whatever this INFJ is trying to achieve. You know, a, a healthy INFJ will have realistic relationship standards and will know what they need out of a relationship. And so a door slam might be more of an appropriate response. Sometimes I wonder though, and people disagree with me about this now and then when I've mentioned it, I can't help but wonder if you were a truly healthy INFJ, would you need to door slam anybody? Because you would never get into the relationship maybe in the first place. You would never get into this unhealthy situation in the first place where you even had to door slam somebody. You know, if it was a family relationship, perhaps you would just accept them for who they are and not expect so much out of this person. You would be able to identify what this person truly is capable of and then just let them be. So you would never even get to the point where you need to door slam because you would just accept them and you would go find your emotional intimacy somewhere else in some other relationship. So I wonder too if kind of people pleasing, AKA codependency, has something to do with this. So you've got this, you know, INFJ people pleaser who ends up with this, say a narcissistic individual who loves people pleasers. You know, now this toxic relationship begins and it's sort of like parasite and host. And in the end, this INFJ, you know, figures it out and door slams this person. Like if that person wasn't codependent and a people pleaser in the first place, maybe they would have never gotten to that relationship. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think about these things sometimes and it's sort of one thing I've wondered. I can't really say for certain either way, but it is something that I've wondered. Would a 100% healthy INFJ need to door slam people? Anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Hope you got something out of that. I'm not going to answer any questions in today's video. I'll probably do that in the next video, but Please keep sending your questions. You can ask them in the comments of the YouTube video. You can send me a message on my website, or you can click the link below and go leave an audio question. If you have any questions about this, um, maybe on the next video, I will put a few of those questions in and answer some questions. So thanks very much. Have a great day.